0: Welcome to this Wild Idea Podcast. This podcast is all about, you guessed it, wild ideas. Each episode, we will be taking a deep dive into a wild idea heard somewhere around the world. Some turned into great successes, some blossomed into epic failures. And most of these ideas leave a whole lot of clues for new insight. My name is Colby McElrath,
1: and I'm Nicholas Selway. You can expect to laugh cry, and see the world from a different perspective through these episodes. Hope you enjoy.
0: All right. Thank you, everybody, for coming to another episode of This Wild Idea Podcast. I'm really excited. Today, we have Nicholas Selway talking about something that could not be more relevant than pandemic life that we are in today. Today, we're gonna be talking about universal basic income and what is wild about that idea. Thanks for joining Nicholas.
1: Can you tell us a little bit about the universal basic income idea? Yeah, thanks Colby. Um, So universal basic income is a economic policy that is basically the premise is that everybody no matter who you are where you come from what you make if you're a citizen of a certain country or state you are going to get money from the government just because you're a citizen wow yeah (laughs) uh it's that's pretty appealing idea (laughs) i would not be upset if somebody decided to send me a check for a thousand dollars just because i lived in the state of california like that that would make life and rent and everything just much easier
0: (laughs) I I don't think you're alone in that feeling what I I really love about this wild idea is that you know really money is one of the main stressors income is is really what people are most stressed out about when it comes to you know their sense of self their well-being their identity how successful they feel so much of that is tied into what they bring in an income
1: yeah I mean you know the a word that just pops into my head when when you talk about money is value right mm. and and we're like so we've connected the two in such a way that um what we make in like just inherently we attribute that to our value as as human beings as individuals um and you know like when when you say like that it's one of the biggest stressors like i agree like i i can remember like personally growing up um in california with a single mom you know who did amazing uh really really rocked it but i mean like i remember feeling stressed as a kid who didn't understand money because i knew that my mom was stressed about money you know what i mean like it it's so it's such a powerful emotion and it bleeds into like every aspect of life no matter how old you are like even kids feel the stress of and the burdens of of money and not having money
0: that's such a good point i love that you brought in your childhood that immediately took me back to flashbacks of shopping for t-shirts at thrift stores. Mm-hmm. And, and the impact that, that had on my self-confidence as a kid. And now I yeah. think of being an adult and driving my 2002 Toyota Camry to a Trader Joe's parking lot in Laguna Beach, California and feeling like the poor kid again.
1: Mm. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's all. Are, are,
0: there, are there any countries that have a universal basic income in place?
1: i mean there sort of there <laughs> there 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 are um some more <clears throat> like socialist uh countries like in um like the netherlands and stuff like that that have uh very progressive economic policies um that that allow for <clears throat> you know people to have like a i guess it would be like a safety net Um, and it's, it's pretty well, it's like advanced and and well thought out, but I I don't think anybody has really stepped into like full on universal basic income, not to my knowledge. Gotcha.
0: Have you heard of
1: anything? I don't, I don't know. (laughs) I agree. I
0: I think that there are quite a few countries that have subsidized income of their citizens. I know that there are many countries that have looked into universal basic income, particularly in, uh, Northern Europe around Switzerland and mm-hmm. Sweden, I know that, and Denmark, I know that they have talked quite a bit about this idea.
1: You know, I think Alaska has, now that I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about it, Alaska has something along the lines of, of UBI. I don't think it's a full on UBI, but there's a, like a stipend for that's correct living in the yep. state of Alaska.
0: Yeah, I forgot about yep. that. <laughs> that. That's been there for quite a while, for decades. Yeah. And uh, although it's, it's not as pure of an idea as universal basic income covering your costs and needs. I I do know that it's kind of a trade-off of letting oil drilling being taking place in the state is paying for subsidizing kind of the challenges of living in a place like Alaska. (laughs) Right. So the idea of a universal basic income has been around for quite a while, but it's really gained steam in the last couple of years. Can you walk us through a little bit of the history of this idea of a universal basic income?
1: yeah so there's um there's a nobel prize-winning economist named milton friedman Um, he served as an economic advisor for ronald reagan uh, and he wrote a a book called capitalism and freedom and uh in this book i mean the book itself is filled with wild economic ideas on on how to build a more productive uh, more efficient society from an economic standpoint Uh, universal basic income was kind of put forth in 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 that book for the first time uh, as well and uh, universal basic income um, is often associated with negative income tax but there there are some differences in, and we'll get into that and and friedman argued i mean like his whole goal because he was a he was uh, a libertarian his whole his whole goal is to reduce the size of the government right like the more that mm. we can create like market solutions and uh, reduce the size of the government. We can improve like our efficiencies and, and eliminate waste, which is what he was all about. And you know, when you look at current welfare programs like food stamps or rent vouchers or anything like that, I mean, like you're, it's providing a service to people that can't afford um, to live in certain areas. You know, it's not necessarily anything against the individual. It's just you know, times can be tough, and yeah. so poverty is like a pretty serious issue, and when you live in a country or a state or or whatever, you want your citizens to not be impoverished, (laughs) you know? Um, Imagine that. (laughs) And his solution to sort of address poverty was the idea of a negative income tax, where if you make underneath a certain threshold of money, regardless of your circumstances, regardless of anything, you just automatically receive a benefit. And the idea of this was that if you give everybody like equal access to this benefit, you can close all the loopholes, all the bureaucratic support, all the invest. I mean, like, I, I don't know if um, uh, you or any of our listeners have ever tried to, like, claim a social benefit like welfare or Medicare or Obamacare, even like ev- all of these governments um like solutions, right? There's just like so much bureaucracy There's so much. Filing taxes is a pain in the ass, right? (laughs) There's so much paperwork. There's an army of people on the other side of the computer screen. That's just looking for any mistake that you've made so that they can either approve or deny your benefits, you know, and that the weight of that bureaucracy is really expensive. And so uh, Milton Friedman said, you know, it's going to be cheaper if we just give it to everybody and then get rid of that huge animal <laughs> of government, the huge wasteful animal, um, and, and not worry about it. You know, like not worry about bad actors, don't, don't worry about it. It's more efficient, it's more effective, it's cheaper, it's more cost-effective uh, to just give everybody access to it, create a floor, an economic floor, if you will. Um, I, I haven't been able to find it in my research, but in, in speaking to some economists, uh, I know that there was an experiment um, in the Nixon years where they applied some of these ideas that Friedman had uh, and didn't release any of the, there was no analysis, there was no <laughs> real release of, of what the outcomes were uh, due to political implications. Um, and then it's sort of, you know, been lost in the rhetoric uh, of the political arena. You know, you've got conservatives on the right side of the aisle that are saying that We shouldn't be creating a welfare state we we don't want to basically enable people to like become quote-unquote moochers you know like we want them to be productive in society and then you got people on the left making a moral argument uh saying you know we don't want people to live in poverty we don't want people to have to like basically drop everything in their life just to pay a medical expense you know um and this partisan divide has really taken away from potential solutions that, that exist out there until until andrew yang sorry <laughs> until andrew, andrew yang entered the, the political arena back in the 2019 democratic primary for president he ran on a platform that was completely based on universal basic income he wanted to give every single united states citizen one thousand dollars every month just for being a united states citizen uh, and that really woke a lot of people up to to this idea that isn't a new idea, but everybody's like, what? <laughs> That's an option? <laughs> yeah, it sounds
0: like there was, a, there was a big gap between Friedman's work in the 60s and Andrew Yang coming out almost 60 years later and having similar ideologies and potential opportunities to solve one of the biggest crises we have.
1: And I mean, you know, it's, it's interesting because in 2019, Andrew Yang was promoting this platform, and there was like a lot of criticism, like, "Oh, you, it's impossible to give everybody a thousand dollars," you know, like that'd be way too expensive. Um, and uh, Andrew Yang was promoting the economic upsides. You know, this is going to stimulate the economy. This is going to uh, give people the safety and the security to make freedom of choice when it comes to like how they want to, need to pay their bills, how they're going to buy food, how they're going to provide for their family is gonna give a lot of people an edge in creating their own businesses, you know? Like he was, this was what he was running on. And then you fast forward six months later and we're in the middle of the world's worst pandemic ever. And um, that pandemic has really upset the US economy. You know, we're we're down millions of jobs. Uh, People are struggling to, to make ends meet and the welfare systems that we currently have in place are not enough. We're not able to like fill the gaps. We're really feeling the pressure of, of this, of this pandemic, of this, this economic downturn.
0: That's so interesting. That really reminds me of an article I was reading about Pope Francis. And recently Pope Francis has come out and says, has said that capitalism has failed in the pandemic. And that the marketplace that we have created is is not able to solve and resolve the issues that we have in front of us. And this notion that this free market capitalism can reproduce itself and create spillover and trickle down effects is not helping with the inequality that we're facing. And it's creating new forms of poverty, violence, inequality, disparity, everything.
1: Yeah, you know, it's really interesting because Friedman, right he 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 wrote that in order for freedom to exist like you need a strong capitalistic society and the the base of freedom like what what constant what makes like freedom free or whatever is like the freedom of choice right Mm. like the, the idea of a free market is that you have choices in how you do things how you spend your money where you send your kids to school like whatever like you have the ability to make choices um and one of the problems that we're seeing today is, is not necessarily a free market, right? Like in order for a market to be free, uh, there, there has to be uh, competition, there has to be access. Uh, anybody should be able to create a company uh, that can compete in the market. And today, you know, in, in, this, in this, you know, what Pope Francis calls a, a failed capitalist society, we're not really seeing the level of competition that needs to exist for freedom <laughs> to be in, in, in effect uh amazon is i think a company that i really respect because they 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 built something that's like really efficient and 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 whatnot but you know if i want to get something delivered if i want i mean if i want anything right like it's it's hard to find other businesses that can provide the same service that amazon provides They're, they're kind of monopolistic in that way um and the arguments and and the way that we've sort of been steering over the past couple of decades politically is not, is is less about helping people and keeping a free market. It's, you know, it's a lot of interest. There's a lot of capital invested in um, creating big business, you know? Um, And, and that's, that's what we're feeling. is the weight, of us not really having a ton of options to choose from.
0: I really like how you put that and particularly the issue with the focus on big business. And as I was preparing for this, I was reflecting on some of the biggest challenges we face globally today. And of course, one of those elephant in the room challenges that we're facing is climate change. Climate Mm -hmm. change is affecting people globally and dramatic ways where people are dying at exponentially higher rates due to exposure pollution not getting basic needs food shortages are going to become more of an issue and yet some of our most brilliant minds in the u.s instead of tackling things like climate change or poverty or economic disparity they're in silicon valley making new apps for social media so we can show different angles with different filters
1: of ourselves yeah and i mean and that goes down to choice you know like Right now, with what the government is, how the government is sort of interacting with the market, you know, there's more opportunity to make money in things that don't necessarily provide solutions. Mm-hmm. Um, and <laughs> it, it 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 is this is something that we're going to have to face very soon. You know, we're we're going to have to come come to terms with the idea that you know it's it's time to roll up our sleeves and like really identify our goals and come together as like a group of people, a collective of people, you know, the, the idea that this person is different and therefore if they win, I'm losing like that mentality is just not, it's not what's going to move us forward. And it's, it's something that's really hurting us. And, and we see it in, in political arguments uh, regarding how we want to help the impoverished. You know, I, I one of my, I mean, this is, I'm going to say this is one of my favorite arguments to see only because it's so ridiculous. You know, um like and it's embedded in the American DNA, you know, like I, we can create ourselves from nothing, the, the American dream. Anybody can come to this country and create something for themselves. And we have like this very like bootstrap mentality and <laughs> you know, uh this week um with the whole GameStop stock fiasco, uh it, it's so funny to see the arguments for poor people or like the arguments like you know oh, poor people like you want not be poor like don't buy coffee in the morning skip your avocado toast like just like bad yeah. financial advice you know what i mean uh especially like with with younger generations <laughs> and then to sort of have it upturned um in, in what's happened to game it's been hilarious my point though is that there's a disconnect right like between actually moving forward and like the way we should move forward like there's this there's this blockage of how we want it to be versus actually just getting it done um and there's no there's no reason for that to exist
0: hmm. that's a really powerful example i think looking forward one of our biggest challenges is automation We are creating streamlined systems in which our workforce, our labor force that's already facing down a labor crisis is potentially gonna be compounded significantly by robots and AI doing a lot of the jobs that are currently being held by humans. How can a universal basic income positively impact our future when we're
1: staring automation down the barrel? Uh, yeah. And this is, this is actually something that Andrew Yang brought up on the campaign trail, uh, specifically with like truck drivers, like car automation is going to become a thing and people who deliver stuff are, are going to be out of, out of a job, out of an income. Uh, universal basic income provides that security, you know, as we automate and, and we're automating more and more and more as as our technology advances. And that's a good thing. You know, <laughs> the more we automate, uh, the the more efficient our businesses are, the more uh income or the more money the more you know value we we can we can have it's good overall but it does displace people um universal basic income takes care of those people if if a truck driver who loses their job because a self-driving truck can now deliver cargo um instead of just being out (laughs) and pissed off uh and and not necessarily able to find a job because of that particular skill set that universal basic income can help provide for the family uh it can be invested into gaining new skills education um it can be used to like start a new business that's focused yeah. on people you know uh we, we at, in the united states especially you know we're we're a first world country um it, it, it always really it's it, it, it strikes me this is one of the most fascinating things that i've seen is that people are fighting tooth and nail to keep coal mines you know Mm -hmm. and and they're doing it because it's like the coal miners like they're they're people they need jobs they need to feed their families they're doing it from a a very good place but i mean we have the technology we have green technology that that is you know if you look at the trend lines like it's going to become the the new the new normal you know like combustion engines are going to be a thing of the past it's going to be all electric um and we're clinging on to like this old way of doing things simply to take care of people and there's nothing wrong with that but it's stifling innovation Mm. so universal basic income takes care of the people and allows for us to move forward uh, in really smart innovative ways i love that and
0: i'm thinking specifically of myself you know, my, one of my major limitations to the impact that I can create on our country, on the people around me, on my community globally is limited in the fact that I need to provide for myself economically. And I can see so much opportunity to free up mental and creative capacity to be more excited to take on these world problems when we're not so focused on meeting our own hierarchy of needs shelter and food, and I see so much latitude for people to, like you're saying, become their own bosses, start new businesses, impact their community, subsidize their income, do a job that's fun to do because they don't need nearly as much because their income is subsidized through universal basic income, which leads to overall positive health and wellness.
1: Mm-hmm. yeah it, something that's interesting too you know is uh when you said that something that popped up for me um generosity begets generosity mm. you know i i we 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 as americans we have a history of like hating taxes right like mm. we, we, we our, our country was founded uh you know with like the dumping of tea into the ocean because we were like these taxes suck yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know um and there's been some really powerful rhetoric um, some really emotional uh, cases to be made of, you know, this is your money, you know, you worked for it, you earned it. Why should you give it to anybody? Um, and, you know, mm-hmm. I, I'm, I look around my community and I, I look around those that I care about. And, you know, there is like a lot of like scarcity mindset around money, you know, and mm-hmm. I, I'd be curious to know, Um, you know, if, if universal basic income was a thing, if nobody really had to worry about survival because there was a floor where everybody could, you know, not be homeless and can feed themselves, what, what would happen to us as a society would be, would we become more generous Would we become more abundant would, would we be doing things that are more risky, more innovative and more fun, uh, because we've let go of, of these really primal fears Mm. around survival.
0: I love how you framed that. And that really reminds me of a quote that Tony Robbins said that the only people without problems live in cemeteries. So if you're struggling (laughs) with your situation, you just need a better quality of problem. Mm. And I can really see how universal basic income can take care of some of these more fundamental foundational problems that we are still experiencing. allow people to really elevate the quality of their problem which leads to better growth and more contribution Mm -hmm. yeah you know along these lines currently in the us there's a lot of tension over stimulus checks how much is too much who is going to get them at what rate what's this going to do for our economy and our debt how does something like a universal basic income navigate some of these objections people have and tension that exists
1: over stimulus checks. Well, I I think like the biggest thing is, is that the debate is on like who gets this, right? Where where do we draw the lines? How do we, um, you know, create something that is fair? You know, and that's where where there's a lot of discourse happening. Universal basic income uh, sort of gives it to everybody right, makes it accessible, makes it timely so that people can, people who need it, get it immediately. Uh, the negative income tax, if it's implemented with the universal basic income, uh, would create a threshold. And, you know, if you're within that threshold at the end of the year when it's time to do taxes, uh, and you've made less than what is needed to live, you know, you there would be additional benefits available, or you would pay less, like a percentage uh, less taxes, um if you if you need it, right? Mm. It would remove a lot of the tension that we're feeling, but that that's sort of where the discussion is currently stuck: is creating these parameters. Um, and you know, there are there are a lot of parties that are interested in not simplifying <laughs> the tax code. You know, like this this we're taking something that's very complex, U.S. taxes. Uh, you know we, we hire tax professionals to do our taxes because it's you know it we don't want to deal with it because it's such a headache for yeah. like what's deductible what's not deductible and this whole thing is is about simplifying it and just removing the bureaucracy that comes behind it and you know companies uh specifically large companies you know they write off a lot of really big expenses and they don't pay a lot of taxes because of the current tax programs and yeah. if remove that right they're going to start having to pay taxes and that's going to upset a lot of people um you know the wealthy uh people who, who are more affluent, they'd be paying into this uh universal basic income you know they'd be it'd be part of their income and then it would be taxed at the end of the year uh and their argument is you know i'm paying into this why why am i not getting this as a benefit? Um, and that, that's an argument that I, I don't think is, is sound, but it's an argument that's being made nonetheless, because um, it's, really, it's not really a benefit, right? It's, it's, just, it's just a different way of doing taxes um, and a different way of, of approaching some of the larger issues that we face when it comes to poverty.
0: It's really interesting. You touched on kind of a misunderstanding that people have about this initiative. Uh, what, what else did you uncover in your research that are places of misunderstanding that people have or, or where this notion of universal basic income has kind of hit a roadblock?
1: Well, I, I think the biggest one is that it's expensive, right? Like there's over 300 million U.S. citizens that would be able to claim universal basic income. Um, and you're looking, so, I mean, they're looking at billions of dollars a month wow. uh, going into the the hands of citizens. Um, and when when you look at our debt that oh, that exists and is constantly expanding, uh, you know you alarmists think like, oh, we cannot afford this. And to an extent that's true. If we keep government the way that it is and we implement UBI, uh, this will be an expensive program. Mm. But UBI is not necessarily about and, and I think this is like the biggest thing universal basic income isn't about, just giving money to people and, and allowing that to be a new expense in our government. It's about really simplifying <laughs> government. Re- like conservatives would get a huge win because government would be smaller. there would be less bureaucracy. It'd be more efficient. And it, it would save money. That would, that would, that would help pay for some of the costs. Um, you would be removing tax loopholes and um, certain incentives for people that are high earners um, to take advantage of, um, and that would help pay for it. And and if you if it's regular, if you universal basic income is taxable income, you know people will be paying taxes on it at the end of the year. <laughs> so it's you know like the, the idea that universal basic income is free money is false. It's not. Um, it's it's just a pathway to to making. Our government more efficient, simpler, and more effective.
0: And a great byproduct, it sounds like,
1: is creating more equity for its citizens. Correct. Yeah, create more equity, create more opportunity, create an economic floor. You know, something that that blows my mind is that we're the richest nation in the world, and if you go walking in L.A. or San Francisco or Sandy or any major city. You know, you will find people that are completely homeless, that are just trying to make it like they're begging for money just so they can eat the next meal, you know, and that I don't know. that just doesn't sit right with me. (laughs) Like The the, the fact that we don't have we have ceilings, but we we don't really have ceilings, but uh, we don't really have a floor. We don't have Hmm. like a standard of living in the United States. It's either be productive or you may starve or freeze to death.
0: Wow. What a stark contrast. Yeah what's uh what's the biggest surprise that
1: you had while you were researching universal basic income um well it's not <laughs> it it's not no, this isn't like a a simple fix you know there's a lot of like i said political implications um and you know as as i began to understand this more and more um it 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 would take serious work to implement you know it would take serious collaboration amongst um, political party leaders and political party affiliates. But I think the thing that is most striking to me is that there are solutions mm. and these solutions are based on expanding freedom. <laughs> and, you know, it, it blows my mind that we're the leader of the free world and there's resistance to just step into that you know um and 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 i'm sure there are a lot of pressures uh on all fronts on the market on the government on individuals right financial pressures but you know the ability to create win-win solutions just solutions in general which this is you know kind of ridiculous to say in the year 2021 when 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 we're sort of entering a post-truth society we're not really worried about solutions we're worried about being right it 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 blows my mind how much common ground there is this is like a libertarian policy that was put for that was you know supported and implemented under republican leadership in the 60s has been brought back to light on the democrat side um and and it's all you know what unites us is solutions. And we seem to be so numb and so blind um, to roll up our sleeves and just submit good policy. Um, So there's a bit of hope that good policy exists. (laughs) And Mm -hmm. there's, uh, there's, there's also some, some realism in there. You know, what are we focused on? Are we focused on, Rolling up our sleeves and 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 getting it done and and doing good things, or are we focused on you know the intrinsic game? are we are we are we are we entering this with a mindset of like when the water rises, so do all the boats, or are we playing this game? you know, if that person gets this, then I'm the loser. Um, and it you know it's telling of where we are as a society. It's
0: a really interesting point. How, how much do I want to cooperate versus compete with one another? Mm -hmm. What can we learn from this wild idea?
1: I think my biggest insight is the power to create for good, you know, this would tackle major moral issues, poverty, homelessness. Um, it improves innovation, creates competition, uh, opportunity, and equity. Like there are so many good things to pull from this, and it can be created. Um, and when it's something as big and as powerful as this, I mean, these are some pretty big issues that we've been dealing with for for <laughs> for a very long time in the modern era. You know, it it can't be done by one person. It requires group effort or requires a, a team effort we accomplish more together than we do alone and i think we've been on, on the public policy side i think we've been playing alone so to speak for a long time so
0: powerful What an opportunity to learn from how people are progressing narratives and ideas that are focused on positive encouraging support not strictly on capitalistic competition. I've learned Mm -hmm. so much from this conversation about the universal basic income. And one of my key takeaways is that it's an incredibly complex proposition and just like all great things, some hard work is required. And it sounds like there's a lot of opportunity to really pursue and, and lean into what it would look like to apply this on a
1: city, state, or nationwide level. Yeah, definitely. Uh, Andrew Yang, if you're listening to this podcast, we would love to have you on.
0: Yeah, we'll we'll help you uh, get that NYC mayor seat. We'll do what we can. Yeah, yeah. This is is a a big platform that he he really had an opportunity to progress the narrative in a a powerful way. And uh, I'm really excited to see how this shifts the perspective of politics even, in terms of yeah. how we are meeting the needs of our citizens versus looking after interests of those in the government.
1: Yeah, and, 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 and private too, right? Like corporate interests as well. Yeah. Um, yeah.
0: This has been awesome. so fascinating. Thank you so much, Nicholas, for bringing this really, really interesting topic and wild idea to us. Yeah, it's my pleasure. Thank you, Colby. Have a wonderful time. And to the rest of our listeners, thank you so much for tuning in. We would love to hear about some wild ideas you have. Check out our website, thiswildidea.org, and we will see you all soon.